Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. Hello and welcome to My Property World. I'm Will Mallard and today I'm joined once again by Richard Little from Your Land Partner. Richard is a highly experienced developer uh, and has, um, as, as part of a uh, family business, built a total of over 3,000 homes across the UK. Richard uh, has been on previously talking about the social housing and affordable housing focus that your land partner has uh, over the next year or two. And one of the, the topics that came up uh, was around the, the partnerships that go into a successful project and the relationships. And Richard, you're very welcome to the show. And we're really looking forward to getting into a little bit more detail uh, on this podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks, Will. Enjoyed it last time. So no doubt we'll enjoy it again this time. Yeah, I always take it as an opportunity to learn when um, you, you know, I, I think you're you're someone who's got a, um, from the expertise that you've, you've, you've built up um, by doing it, you've, you've got a great way to, uh, I, I think, uh, transfer that knowledge in a way that uh, someone is able to believe that they can do it. And, you know, there's a lot of challenges that would be common to almost, uh, well, certainly any business, but definitely any, um, any property and uh, particularly development business. And I, I'd like us to uh, get straight into uh, how relationships work with your your partners in the project. Um, what, what do you think the most important thing um, uh, that you, in your experience, uh, to have a successful relationship with, uh, with the, if you're the developer and you've got, you've got a builder uh, who's the main contractor, for example, what, what holds the key? Uh it's having a, a really clear understanding of, of who's responsible for, for what. Now, people, when they are working with contractors, there will undoubtedly be a contract of some sort that's signed and contracts cover all sorts of things, but they do not cover every aspect of the relationship that's required uh, to deliver a project, you know, uh, on time, on budget, etc., etc. Uh, because you can't write into words some of the things that you need to do. You need to be able to have 
uh, I always call it a grown-up discussion. You need to be capable of sitting around a table or in these modern times uh, on, on a Zoom or a Teams screen or something um, and actually being, you know, as honest as you can. I appreciate there's always uh, uh, commercial sensitivities and things, but you need to be able to be honest with each other without getting upset. Um, and, and so it's taking the emotion out. So people, a lot of the problems we see are around emotion um, and, and you, you're not going to get rid of emotion and emotion, you need emotion. Um, so, but you need to manage that emotion. So, so it's actually the key stakeholders in, in the whole process, but specifically at this point, you know, the developer, the lead developer and the contractor, you know, if things are going, you know, not going as well as one or both of the parties feel that they could be, you need that ability. You don't want to be reaching for the contract and writing out, well, who's responsible for this and who's responsible for that. So we always build in the ability to have almost an off-the-record discussion. And that, for me, has to take place between the, the, the main people, if you like. So at our end, that will either be myself or, or, or my son. Um, and at the other end, it will be, you know, whoever's leading the contracting team, not their project manager or their contracts manager or site manager, but the, the key people. Because that's how we solve issues before they become big issues, if you like. Because the, the general public often, I, I think, have a, a massive misconception about um, uh, what it actually takes to be a, a successful developer. And, and uh, it would be uh, almost a, a stereotype to think of um, a developer as someone shouting into their mobile phone in a restaurant. Um, and and you know causing uh, causing drama and and uh, a lot of heated emotion and I, I actually can't think of anyone that I know Richard that would be more the opposite of that than yourself and I, I believe that you've um, you've invested uh, quite heavily in um, in I suppose the mental skills aspects uh, of being able to control your own uh, thinking and emotions. Um, do you mind talking about that on this, this show? No, oh, fine. That's fine. I don't have any, any no-goes, uh, or if they are, we haven't, we haven't found them yet. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'm quite fortunate in a way. I mean, I've, I've inherited my father's um, steadiness, if you like. He's, he's always been – there's not many things that ever got him going. I'm probably a little bit less the, the placid than he was. Um, and, and what people sometimes uh, either make the mistake, oh, no, that probably sound wrong, you know, I'll stick with that. They either make the mistake of uh, underestimate or misreading the, um, the non-emotive side of when we're doing something. And so sometimes I have to be emotive in order to get the result that you want. And that might be with managing teams, staff, whatever, or if we're dealing with, you know, landowners, um, consultants, so anybody through the process, really. So, because I am relatively um, placid, I suppose, um, I'm not a con confrontational person, but I need confrontational people to work on my behalf. So, you know, it's a bit like, you know, yeah, I have, I have a, a Rottweiler in every project, there's a Rottweiler in the nicest possible way, um, because you need that. I'm the person that probably um puts her arm around somebody you know um, virtually at, the, at this point in time um to smooth things out 
Um, so, you know, when issues arise and they always, always arise, um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that we always know is that we don't know everything about the, the project before it starts. Um, so issues arise and it's about, you know, connecting the people that are, are, it's going to make a difference. They're going to make a difference. They, they're, you know, whether it's the, the, the contract manager, it might even be somebody on site if they're, you know, depending on how big a bigger problem it is um, or an investor for somebody if they've got investment it's actually so having that ability to sort of step back and sort of say look okay look we've got a problem here's the problem this is it is and you've got to be able to look them in the eye and 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 you know and, and be as as honest as you can um and and you know it's it's about management i suppose it, and, and i guess from my point of view uh, the only thing i've really invested in that is probably years which makes you a little bit you know, it, you know, it changes the way you look at things, and 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 I've I've got excited in the past, and no doubt I will get excited again in the future. But when I do get excited, people, you know, they they listen because it's not normal. If you're the person that jumps up and down and screams into the phone every five minutes, and we've all got them, well, we just ignore them after a while. They're just an irritant, they're a nuisance. But don't let them wind you up because there's no point. That's just all negative energy. Um, so, and, and those people are around, you can't have a project without people around that actually you probably prefer not to spend time with because that, it, 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 that's not possible. Just not, you know, we can't all be nicey-nicey all the time. Um, but I think I'm just very fortunate. I think there's a lot of, is, is inbuilt in me. So I, and, and I think I've always struggled. <coughs> well, it, it's not really ever bothered me really until we start looking at over the last few years. I do not celebrate big wins. You know, um, but equally, I don't get too distraught when the losses are there. So I'm, I'm very much a, instead of an up and down, I'm a sort of you know slightly up, slightly down, slightly up again. So and I think one comes with the other because I've seen people and, and I know there is this more modern way of celebrating your wins. Now I, and, and I've done some of this, I've mentored people in the past and and and, and done some advisory stuff with people that really big celebrators. But they're really big down. When when something goes against them, they 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 just go down. So yeah yeah you, you, you know it, it, celebrate your win all by all means or mark your win you know with whatever pat on the back whatever it might be. Um, but you know if you get into that thing of oh everything's fantastic oh yeah it's brilliant and when things go against you it's it it just takes you down so far. So to say I'm 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 fairly lucky or naturally I'm okay i do now do a lot of mindfulness and meditation and yoga and all that sort of stuff which helps i have to say uh, and it's refreshing to uh you know hear uh from someone who um is a you know experienced business person and uh like you you would have uh dealt with thousands of people over the course of uh, your career, but that you, you you take that time out to um, mind yourself a little bit, um, and in terms of how, how that then translates back in, like you you spoke about uh, the management of the relationship. So um, how how do you um, approach things uh, uh, in terms of managing a relationship? So we we, we spoke about the. Uh, we spoke about the builder or the main contractor where uh, there's that dynamic. What about the consultant team? Because um, builders need, um, they need plans, they need costings, they need 
Um, they need numerous things to be able to do their job. And uh, we've spoken previously about the plethora of uh, legislation and compliance and the level of detail required to deliver a, a scheme, a project, a, um, a development. Uh, how, how do you manage the, um, the dynamics between uh, your architect, your quantity surveyor, your, your engineers, uh, your planning consultants? Because they've all got to come together, um, you know, at the end of the day for you to have a project. Absolutely. And, and, and it's, it's the one area of the business where I step back. Um, so there's always a layer between me and other than probably one consultant that we deal with who's, who's a friend. Um, every other consultant that we deal with, I, I will speak to them at some point. I don't, don't know some of them. Um, but if, if generally if we're engaging somebody you know, new um, and it's a key part um, of, of a project or our process, then I might be involved in, in, on a, you know, normally it's virtually for me anyway, um, on, on that meeting, on that call. And, and I may not even say anything which I know we're talking on a podcast, people imagine they mean not saying anything. Well, actually, sometimes that's when you learn the most. Um, and so it's understanding. So, so I've always got somebody that is managing, if you like, that consultant. They'll be working closely with them. So we're fortunate we've got it's a, largely a family business. So, you know, um, and it'll either be son, one of my daughters or my son-in-law that is dealing directly face-to-face -face or whatever, person-to-person -person with the lead or whatever it is in then consultant, um, and they'll manage all of that. So it, there's a real, real value of standing apart because they're always in a position that they always have to come for final, final sign-off, you know, um, so that makes things easier when they're talking about fees and stuff like that. So we keep that away from the, the personal sort of face-to-face -face stuff with me. So yeah, a lot of the consultants, and I, and I have to say, I find a lot of them very frustrating. And so that's probably good for my own mental health and probably for the success of the project because, you know, that they are probably of any part of any project so, so that that's the secret to the calmness it's nothing to do with the yoga or the mindfulness no i, I, I think you're right as i'm saying that i'm thinking hey, there we go you know, yeah so because yeah they, they just well i haven't got much air anyway now but they just do my head in and, and 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 you know everything takes two weeks with a lot of them doesn't matter i mean we're taking more stuff in the house now um, because, you know, certainly the design side and things like that, because it's so frustrating. Design change, okay, yeah, I might make, we might make 10 changes a week on something. That's how it works, you know. Um, and it's like, yeah, but every time you make a change, it takes two weeks. And they're good enough people, nothing wrong with the people, but it's just the, the way that they've got used to working. You know, it's like, well, actually, I just want to be on the phone to somebody and say, oh, can you just move that house from there to there? We've just, I had a thought last night while I was in bed. You know, I, 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 I can't come up with the 100%. That's what it's going to be. It's all everything. Every project's work in project pro, in, in, in progress. You know, nothing is, is finalized in our schemes. You know, yeah, it is 98% finalized before you start. But it's the 2% that you tinker with as you go through. Um, you know, we had a, uh, was at a marketing meeting the other day, uh, a couple of days ago. You know, and, and, you know, so we've been in the marketing meeting, got, got project managers there, um, uh, and then we've got the, the, the agents, a couple of the, the agents there, and, and we're talking about timelines and, and stuff like that. But right at the beginning, whenever I'm involved, they just have to get used to the fact that it's flexible. 
whatever arrangement we have is flexible we can revisit it so we might even agree we can sign all the sorts of contracts in the world but actually if we collectively feel it's the right thing to change it we'll change it you know and we'll we'll annex the contract if it's if it's that or you know reissue or something like that because things change and so the around us the key people in the delivery and the exit they need to be flexible i can't i haven't got room in in part of the process for rigidity but rigidity in some parts of the process is dead important but they're the ones that stick away from i suppose well that's really interesting and what what would you uh say um in the the coming uh 24 36 months you'd see as the most common challenges uh with development projects that are um are looking to get off the ground um yeah i i guess it is it is the time that people take and i think the the uh, the pandemic that we've we've been through, going through, has is is given some people an excuse to extend the time that they take to deliver. Now, in in some cases, it is valid, but in lots of cases that we dig into, it's just become another excuse to take an extra week or two weeks. So it's the time. It's the time in legals um, of backwards and forwards between the parties. We always like to get the main parties in the room you know, and let's discuss it. We'll sit in a room until we've sorted it out. Um, and the, from our end, that's always, uh, always there. Uh, at the other end, it's sometimes there and those projects go really, really quickly or you get the paperwork done really, really quickly. Others, we've just had a fairly recent one where it took nearly two years. Um, uh, and in that time, we did, we did a, a bigger project. Um, so more paperwork, more complex in about three months from start to sign secured. And the other one took two years and that is purely the people in the process and, and where we have no control um so that will continue to be an issue um and, and yeah extended times you know to get planning yes that's an issue funding taken exam but you have to accept those you know we accept so we we we've we had a, a a business meeting where we've got a, a stake in a in a contracting business um uh, in the affordable sector uh, and uh, we had a meeting uh, a couple of days ago uh, and or yeah no yesterday in, in, in fact um, and we know when we look at a timeline and we're sort of we know we've got a project the contract's been agreed blah 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 but we know dealing with housing associations and in this case some London boroughs we know that they'll push it back because they have a different agenda they're the ones there's a project that's on the table that's been absolutely um desperate to get it done get it done the numbers are all agreed and it was a conversion of an office block um which occupied by the borough's own staff yeah and it is two years on and they still haven't emptied the office block and and and, and every time they come back it's, it's not a massive project eight 10 12 units or something like that but it's for their own stock <laughs> it's their office we're just contracting and, and it's there to put into their stock for their affordable, for their social rent, et cetera. And they can't clear their own office. And it's taken two years. Uh, and it's just like, well, you can't. So it's been in, it's been in the program, if you like, for two years. It just keeps getting pushed back. So that's always a frustration. But again, you have to accept it because working with large bodies, whoever they might be, they take more time than we would take if we were running it. But we're not. 
So, you know, so that all you do is you have to be prepared. So when you know there are frustrations, you have to, in, in some cases, you just double up. You double up on workload, you know, so, so well, actually, yeah, we, we've got capacity of, of, say, currently 90, 90 homes a year to complete in, in that business. Um, but actually, we need, a, we need, you know, 200 in the not just possibles, but contracted 200, you know, um, because we know that 50 of them, 60 of them or even 100 of them without pandemics will get pushed back. Um, uh, so, so it's so it's instead of moaning about what can go wrong, it's actually gearing yourself up to be prepared for. You know, if if some of them don't get sh shoved back, we got a problem, but we have got a problem we know we can solve. We just get more bodies, <laughs> you know. So it's just being prepared, isn't it? And it's something you get as you get older. I think you just become, yeah. I, I think I think that's one of the uh, biggest learnings um, I've had over the uh, the last. Uh, I suppose two or three years where um, we we have a, a relatively small on your scale but enormous on my scale initially uh, a 48 uh, 48 units uh, refurbishment and you know renewal into social housing project and and the whole thing from start to finish um, so these are existing properties um, yeah. The whole thing from start to finish it took roughly three times longer than I anticipated at the beginning of uh, uh, the exercise. And that, that ability to um, not hide under the duvet um, when there's yet another uh, delay or, um, you know, that you, you've got to, you know, kiss. It's not, it's not a case of kissing a few frogs. Uh, it's hundreds of frogs. And... You know, to, to get to that end result, um, how do you how do you stay energised, Richard? Because um, I, I, I think if I think of you, um, the, the one word that comes to mind is is energy. Okay, I think I'm going to take that as a compliment because that's not something I would describe. I think I'm 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 uh, you know basically lazy like most human beings, but yeah, I probably don't always appear like that, but. Uh, I, I think my secret is is I'm involved in quite a lot of things and nobody there isn't any one person that knows what I'm all, always doing it all the time so you know there I haven't got a, a PA for instance or an EA or well, have, yeah, but um, they don't always know what I'm doing either because I build in time in, in in my in my diary I mean other people put stuff in my diary but I also build in time for my diary so that yeah I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do but I'm going to do something that somebody doesn't necessarily know what I'm doing um, so yeah, I, I, I guess so. There isn't there isn't energy, I suppose. I never really thought about it like that. But what feeds me, and it was really interesting. This only got shaken down. So a, a good friend of mine is, is editor of, of a publication, Property Investor News, um, Richard, and, and he did an interview, and and, and he, he asked that question, and he actually came up with the answer. I don't know whether it was during the interview or when he wrote the article. I can't really remember. Um, but he he said and he's absolutely right. I feed off everybody else. So doing this with you, you know, we've had previous discussions, we've done a previous podcast and we've had discussion before that, you know, you energize me because of your passion. Yeah. I, I, when I did, um, well, we call it mentoring or whatever you want to call it. When we had, we had the education business, one of the most frustrating things was uh, pretty much everybody we dealt with was nice, but the people that don't do anything, you know, they talk about it, 
and and and, and they're very nice enough people but after about three calls and they might be paying me money which i'm sure they were um oh, it's not about the money it's i can't listen to this again you know so that's why i'm not very good at doing that sort of stuff and don't really do much of that um so it is as, as richard quite rightly put it's feeding off other people and that's why i quite like working with people that haven't been in the industry forever i mean swap loads of stories with people that have been around forever that's great but actually to improve the business to improve our business and their businesses it's much better working with people that perhaps haven't been around so long they, they they're fresher so i think that's that's where the energy comes from so i just borrow other people's really i leverage their energy maybe well that, that's excellent now richard i'm i'm conscious um that you're uh, you've probably got another spot in your diary where uh, no one knows what it is, or, or maybe it's something that someone else put in there. But um, uh, no, I, I, I really it, appreciate yeah. you coming on. And, and just one one more time uh, for the listeners, someone wants to get hold of you. They've got a site that uh, might be worth investigating. They're, they're a, uh, a building team looking to, uh, you know, perhaps link in with you as a client or... Uh, it could be an investor who, who wants to get involved and provide a funding line into one of your, uh, your numerous uh, projects that you're, you're working on at a given time. How do they get hold of you? Yeah, I, I guess two, two routes, really. One is um, uh, www.yourlandpartner.co.uk, which is, which is obviously a website tells us a bit about that side of the business. There's, there's an email link on there. Um, or it's richard at yourlandpartner.co.uk or um, that's the third thing now isn't it i'm saying is it's social media where i get most people meet, reach out through social media because I, I i i invest a lot of my time waste a lot of my time on social media because it's 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 sort of a bit of an enjoyment thing and i i quite like winding people up from time to time as well so when you see me posting something yeah just think is he winding somebody up or is it is it how he actually is well, thanks once again uh, to one of the nicest people uh, in the development game, Richard Little, your land partner. You're very welcome. This is my Property World podcast. I'm Will Mallard. Richard, thank you. Been a pleasure, Will. Thank you very much. All right. Cheerio. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.